You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hello and welcome back to regular programming of CNA's Work It. It's me, Crispina. And it's Adrian here. I hope you had a chance to listen to our special series on how neurodivergent people work in an office setting. Yeah, so that was hosted by my colleague, Grace Yeo. And if you have comments, please share with us on Spotify or Apple. We read all the comments and it's really encouraging for the team. Like this one from Amanda GL, I suppose Amanda Girl, who said on an episode on whether you should disclose to your company if you have autism. She said, love the episode. Learned a lot through the podcast and looking forward to hear more of such views. Another listener, L, said, Refreshing, very relevant in today's workplace. So we wanted to take some time to thank you for leaving us a comment. We really appreciate them. Okay, Adrian, today we're going to talk about a slightly tricky subject workplace discrimination. Okay, I have to say that in all the years of my working, I didn't feel discriminated in any way, whether it was for my race or for my age or for my gender. In fact, I came back to the CNA newsroom. Mm -hmm. I was hardly a spring chicken. (laughs) (laughs) So kudos to my boss for not looking at my age and thinking, "Uh, can she do this job? It's such a hip and happening new product. What about you? Have you experienced any discrimination whatsoever? Or what you thought was discrimination? At, in a work setting, fortunately, I've never had that chance to be discriminated against. But because I started a recruitment business, this was close mm. to 19 years ago. Mm. And you can imagine 19 years back, it was quite wild west. People That's were true. very blatant about who they want to discriminate against. As if it's somewhat of a competition to see who can discriminate more. <laughs> I've heard stories, and this was directly from our clients back then, about, mm. oh, I do not want women because they'll give birth disruptive and all that. Yep, yep. Oh, I also do not want Singaporean men because they go back to reservists. So when you work down the list, you're only left with Chinese Malaysian who became Singapore PR. Not a long <laughs> list to begin. And I remember looking at ads. This was 20 years ago when we were looking for part-time jobs mm-hmm. and they would say, oh, only Chinese speaking needed or something like that. So obviously, I don't speak Chinese. But I didn't think of it as discrimination. You know, in those days, yep. we just assumed. Yeah, we just assumed there is some That's reason. Okay. We-, <laughs> we never questioned it, right? We just moved on with life and we got on with our jobs. Yeah, but today, 20 years later in 2023, things are really very different, right? So that's what we want to talk about. And with us in the studio is Faith Lee, General Manager at the Tripartite Alliance for Fair and Progressive Employment Practices, or TAFEP for short. A tripartite committee, which was convened in July 2021, plays an important role in setting out some guidelines on how employers should behave when it comes to workplace practices. And just to give a quick background, the tripartite committee came up with a list of recommendations on how to protect workers against workplace discrimination. The government has accepted the 22 items and next year, the new workplace fairness legislation will come into effect. Welcome, Faith. Thank you for coming on to the show. Hi, Crispina. Hi, Hi. Adrian. Thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. We can start with her telling us your own experience. I'm sure you didn't have any negative experience. Okay. I I think that the journey for promoting and championing for workplace fairness actually started around the time that you mentioned, right? Mm. About 20 years ago and actually the predecessor of what we know today as the Tripartite Guidelines for Fair Employment Practices or TGFEP, also a mouthful, (laughs) um, mouthful. started as a guideline on non-discriminatory job advertisements. 
So that's quite interesting as to how far we have come. Right. Uh, where right. now the guidelines covers all aspects. Of, right. Uh, so in those days, yeah. it was about ads. Yes, mm. it was really just about ads. Ah. And I think now the guidelines have expanded. And 20 years later, we are at this stage where the tripartite committee, which actually was chaired by three very important people, Minister for Manpower, Tan Si Ling, SNAF President, Robert Yap, as well as the NTUC Sekjen, Mr. Ng Chi Ming. They chaired the committee, which then came up with the, the recommendations right. that you see today in the report. For me, I've also been like Crispina. I've had a rather smooth journey. And maybe that is a reflection of actually the state of affairs in Singapore. Yeah. Most employers are fair. Yep. They want to be fair. Yeah. This move really is also to address those errant employers, yeah. the ones yeah. that are truly mm. discriminatory mm. and we want to take firm action against them. Yeah. Yep. And I think the fairness part is improving because going by reports, the proportion of job seekers who reported that they experienced discrimination fell from 43% in 2018 to 25% in 2021. So it's definitely a good improvement. But of course, there are still some issues in this area to be concerned about. Well, what do you think those would be in today's context? Yeah. What has changed la, from the time we were seeing mm. job ads to now? I'm sure the population has changed. Over the past years, we have also been educating on what the tripartite guidelines are about, what they stand for, yep. what employers should and should not do, as well as enforcing against those who are errant employers. So I think for, for this upcoming legislation, which uh, the Tripartite Committee has recommended and the government has accepted. A few things we see as quite key. One is that, yes, the Tripartite Guidelines has been around, but this really sends a stronger signal that we don't stand for a workplace discrimination of any form mm. in Singapore. The workplace fairness legislation will cover some of the more commonly seen kinds of workplace discrimination that TAFEP and MUM has handled. Right. So age, nationality, sex, which includes caregiving responsibilities, pregnancy, marital mm. status, race, yeah. <laughs> race, race and religion language. and yeah. language, as well as uh, disability and mental health. Mm. So these all cover about 95% of all the types of uh, yeah. workplace discrimination cases that we see. Yeah. And so it's a start and the legislation will be scoped for that. Okay. Uh, also, the tripartite guidelines are not going away. Mm -hmm. It's really going to be working in concert together with the new legislation so that all forms of workplace discrimination at all stages of employment will mm. be covered. Actually, I was looking at the breakdown according to the data. Mom and Tafab received something like 328 complaints. First off, that sounds like quite a small number. But among that, the majority were discrimination based on nationality mm. and then followed by age. So these two, I think, perhaps the significant shifts we've seen over the years, right? Yeah. I, I think for us, uh, as we remain an open economy, mm. we also want to make sure that uh, locals get access and yeah. opportunities to be fairly considered uh, mm. for jobs and job opportunities. Then as we are an aging workforce, exactly. an aging yeah. population, yeah. I think this whole issue about age discrimination comes to the fore. Mm. It also comes to the fore because as an aging population, more people have caregiving responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So not just caring for the younger children, Children, but really for caring for parents, the elderly. Yeah. And so that that is the whole part about caregiving responsibilities that uh, legislation also covers. Yeah. So really addressing what are the, 
I guess the more pertinent social economic priorities yep. that, yeah. that, that we are facing in Singapore. Reflecting the changes, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the common experiences? Cases. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those is the juicy part, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So maybe I start with age. Yes. We have seen cases where, for example, it's an enrichment center. Mm-hmm. They are running children's workshops. Okay. And a lady applies. And through the shortlisting and through the liaising with HR, they say, hey, you know, what's your age? And she says, 50, right? And then the reply is, you don't meet our internal criteria of like less than 35 because we need people who are young and energetic so Mm -hmm. that they can uh, manage the children and bring like energy to the, the classroom. And so these are cases that we do see. There are also those that when it comes to language, so just now you said mm. about Chinese speaking. Yep. Mm. Is it wrong to put Chinese speaking required? It depends, right? Yeah. So if the role requires someone to really be proficient in mm. Chinese or Tamil or Malay, yeah. then actually it's not wrong. Yeah. I think the best thing is to actually include the reason why mm. you need or at least make it clear in the job advertisement why yep. Chinese language proficiency let's say, is required. Let, let, let's say you are yeah. selling products to, like, say, China. Or know. you're liaising with clients. Chinese suppliers. Yes. And the technical requirements, operational requirements are all done in Mandarin. Yep. Mm. These are things that can be reflected in the job ad. Mm. So it makes it quite clear even to the job applicants that Mandarin or Chinese is a requirement for the job and then they don't come and yep. report to Tafet. Especially if it's a regional role. <laughs> yes. Like in one of my very early jobs, I have yes. to speak with people in Hong Kong. So mm, obviously Cantonese, Cantonese. And then speak with people in Taiwan and then Mandarin, etc. Yes. So there has to be a reason behind Yeah. And actually it's not to say that only Chinese can speak Chinese, right? Oh, yes. Ah. Oh, right. Right, right. right. Ah, so you so don't just say, say that it's Chinese a language race, requirement. Yes. Mm. It's a language requirement. It, it's nothing to speak It's your skills and proficiency. And you can be a Chinese and like, not speak. not speak so good Chinese. <laughs> Which is many of us nowadays. Nationality thing is also interesting. I know it's mm. a bit uh, sensitive, but we've had cases of, you're right, Singapore is an open economy. Mm. You have people from all over the world coming here to set up businesses yes. and they might be more comfortable with people from their own nationalities. So how does it look like on the ground when it's very clear that it's discrimination? Mm. So in some cases, it could be that uh, even without considering the locals who may have applied through like my my career's future. Mm-hmm. Locals who may actually meet all your requirements. Mm. Uh, firms then offer the job to someone of another nationality. Right. It could be a hire your own kind type of uh, yes. approach and you're just bringing people who I guess have that cultural affinity with you. Yes. And that could be cases where actually there's pre-selection. Locals are not uh, fairly considered la, even though they may actually meet all the criteria. Right. The job. Right. And actually that short changes the company in the long run. Mm-hmm. In the end, you are limiting your pool of talent yeah. when actually it could be bigger. And if you had considered, maybe you bring in someone who has a different view, yeah. a diverse view or knows the local context a bit better, you lose out lah, on that talent and in an economy that is a tight labour market. Mm. Which is far uh, war, tighter than 20 years ago. Yeah, far tighter. The war on talent is real and you really lose out on people lah, that yeah. could have contributed to mm. your business, your competitiveness. I mean, but also beyond just the immediate consequence, right? There's also this feeling of unfairness on the part of somebody who didn't get picked, right? If I were that candidate. I was perfectly qualified for the job. So you could start feeling resentment. 
And then you start blaming everybody else. <laughs> Except yourself. Which is why when companies go through the whole selection process, interview mm. process, we always say, hey, keep a record of the interview, of your assessment of the candidates that yes. came through. Mm. Because ultimately, in the end, it's a company's decision on who they hire, mm. but uh, they need to show that in the end, it was the candidate that best met business needs. Yeah. And if you don't have a record and everyone has left and in the end, there's a complaint that comes, there's mm. nothing that you can show to say that, hey, my hiring process was, was fair. fair. Mm -hmm. My yeah. interview process was fair. I actually yeah. assessed people based on their ability to do the job. Mm. Mm. Yeah. In other words, keep the receipts, right? Keep As the receipts. Say. In the tripartite guidelines, we say keep the receipts for a year. Another follow-up that I wanted to ask, and Adrian, you can chime in. You see, uh, when somebody discriminates against something like nationality or gender or age, that's kind of easy to spot. It's quite clear in a way. Now, this other thing about mental health is perhaps not so straightforward. It could be quite legitimate, and I'm just playing the devil's advocate here, that the employer says... Look, you've got a history of having treatment for mental health. And I'm worried that this job is stressful. The demands are quite high and I'm not sure. So what I'm trying to say is that this is a kind of grey area. Do you think that there's a grey area or in your mind it's quite clear? I think in the end, what it boils down to is who is the best person to do the job and mm. was the hiring done in a fair manner. Lah. Okay. Right? So if, for example, the job is high stress. Yes. It's probably not for the employer to assume that mm. individuals are not able to take the high stress. Oh, so for example, good, mothers yeah. have how many children therefore cannot take stress? Or caregiving. She has a lot of children. She She's probably take taking a lot of stress well already. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. So so I think it's about articulating the demands of the job. Mm. Allow the applicants to then respond. Nah. For example, if this job is a urgent project that needs you to be around mm. and be like fully committed over the next year, over the next six months, make that clear upfront. And then the applicant can then respond la, and share things that these are things that could be a consideration, but I feel like I can, support I have enough support, I'm on medication, and make those explanations and clarifications at that point. Right, la. right. And let so applicants, don't assume. Yeah, don't assume. Yeah. So it comes down to the same guiding principle, la, whether it is about your age, your race, your mm. gender, etc. Ultimately, if you can deliver, yes. the rest actually are all inconsequential. Yes. And mm. also, after you've said it, and I know some people say yes to everything before they get the job because they want the job, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm, but then after when you come in and you show that you maybe could not, yes, then the employer has every right to say, yep. you yes, know what, it yes, didn't work out. Yes, and these were the job expectations. They mm. were laid out clearly. Yep. Uh, you're not meeting them. Mm. And so that conversation can then happen. Right. right. So right. I, I think really this whole thing about one part of the workplace fairness legislation that is also going to put in place is this whole requirement for grievance handling. Ah, mm -hmm. we need right? to come to that. Ah, yeah. That's something that we feel is quite important. Mm. It allows for the employer to have that channel where employees, so in employment type, right? This is not no longer the job applicant type. This yes, is the, yes. those that are in employment yep. already. For them to raise grievances, mm. concerns with regards to, for example, workplace discrimination yep. and have those issues looked into in a fair manner without escalating it 
when right. there's no need to. Mm. Sometimes grievances, yeah. reports that come to TAFEP yeah. <laughs> tend to be because there might have been miscommunication mm. or there's not enough clarity la, on expectations and perceptions. Having this grievance handling channel as a requirement yeah. really provides that platform for these to be addressed at the lowest possible level mm-hmm. without escalating. And escalating doesn't just mean, you know, I threaten to come to TAFEP or I will come to TAFEP <laughs> to report, but really on social media as well, right? And oh, then yeah. you have a reputational <laughs> issue and there are more things to address la, for the employer. Mm. So really mm. this addition of this requirement. Are you looking for ways to make your money work harder? Tips on saving, investing or retiring early perhaps? Or advice on big-ticket decisions like buying a house or owning a car? I'm Andrea Hing, host of CNA's top personal finance podcast, Money Talks. And these are some of the things we find out for you. Each week, I get a guest to share personal stories and answer burning questions that help you make sense of the latest financial trends. Go check out the complete Money Talks playlist on the CNA app, Spotify, Google or Apple Podcasts. There will be instances and I would imagine if I feel that there might be a bit of discrimination, Mm. I would ask myself, am I too sensitive? Am I overreacting? Mm. And how, how do you make sure that this is actually an overreaction or is it true blue discrimination? Yeah. More clarity is always useful, which is why I think in the report that came out last month, there were examples of Mm. what could be Mm. considered discrimination. And over time and before the legislation is passed, we will look at putting out more examples so that employees can also see that does this fall into that space? Is it something that I should raise internally first? Try to get some clarification there. But if it's not addressed and I still feel like this issue has not been resolved, then I come to Tafab and, mm. and we are the first part of call uh, for employees yeah. Yeah, 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 outside the firm. But I know that the key point is that mediation is the first step, right? Mm. Uh, so it's not as if I can immediately complain about my boss and he will go to jail. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> Many not so serious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. kidding. It's not that straightforward because simply because discrimination itself is actually very mm. complex, right? Like you say, you first need to figure out is this legitimate, right? So there must be certain steps. So internal processes to me looks to be quite important. Some small companies may not have that, right? So that's the challenge for you guys as well. Yes. It's a challenge and a piece of work that I don't think Tafet can do alone yeah. by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many employers out there in this year. Actually, we have been doing this education work for mm. 20 years, right? But I think yeah. when the, the announcement that was going to be a workplace fairness legislation came out, when the interim reports came out, mm. we suddenly saw a spike in interest in a lot of our workshops. Oh, wow. And they were like fully subscribed. These are employers, right? And it, we, we see it as very heartening because mm. at least employers are sitting up and taking note. Mm. They feel like now is the time to prepare, not like when the legislation hits next year. Of course. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yep. that, that, that was heartening for us. It's normal behavior, right? Yeah. They are preparing in case we get hit by something. How do we react? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think to reach out to 
even smaller firms, I think we have to partner with um, parties. Mm -hmm. So we work quite closely with the Singapore National Employers Federation, SNAF, so SNAF, yeah. uh, the Institute for HR Professionals. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. They have the whole HR community and networks there. Yeah. And also, I think ASME, which is the association for SMEs, they would have networks into the smaller companies, be more familiar with their needs, how they learn or how they implement HR practices, yeah. what their challenges are, yeah. and develop content mm -hmm. la, that would suit even the SMEs MEs or those that are resource strapped, maybe it's the Tauke that is the HR. Yep. To, the HR. Yeah, right. Uh, in smaller yeah. firms. If he's the one being discriminatory, <laughs> how to complain to him, right? Yeah, so mm. Because really outside the firm, Tafet will continue to be that first port of call right. la, for workers. That kind of the safe harbor that you can I mean, it's not as if yeah, yeah, it's not as if you're going to immediately take action or whatever no. and mm. so you do your own due diligence yes right? we were just talking about this whole whistleblowing thing right I don't even know it because I can go and find out but whether there's a whistleblowing policy like who do I call if mm. I suspect something I have no clue because mm -hmm. if I think something is wrong who, what do I do I just complain to my colleague which is quite standard lunchtime talk yeah. Yeah. yeah so so this is just professionalizing things right yes and formalizing things and mm. when we say employers please have in place a grievance handling it's not having it in place and putting it in the drawer right <laughs> it's really making sure that employees like yes. yourself uh, know where to go mm. what the process will be like if mm. you actually call that line yes. to report or whistleblow, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, have a, some clarity on what will happen next. Right. And also, I think it's a trust-building thing. If an employee steps forward to report, and we know some people are hesitant to even report even internally, yeah. right? Then get back to them. Do it in a timely manner. Mm. Don't let it like drop into some black box that yeah. doesn't surface yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So as an employee, what are some of the prerequisite or stuff you should have on standby before making the call. We were talking about evidence from the employer's side when it comes to interviewing. I would imagine there should be some form of evidence that mm. employees should start collating. What could those be? Yeah, so I think even today, when individuals come to Tafab and say, I've been discriminated against, mm. we ask them a few questions. Of course, we hear them out, right? We hear, for example, what was the incident yeah. that happened? What was it that was asked Right, that made you feel like you were discriminated against based on whatever that characteristic is. Mm. Is it your sex? Is it your age? Uh, what was said during the interview? What was said during the hiring process? And individuals have to articulate that. If they're not able to articulate that, then it's very hard for us to even follow up or find a basis to follow up on. Right. That's what we need from the employees who come forward. Okay. It could be that, hey, I have no WhatsApp evidence or email mm. evidence, but I have oral testimonies from someone who may have heard it. These are things that can strengthen the case and make the case a stronger one. Right. And all these cases in future claims under the workplace fairness legislation, as you said just now, Christina, will go through compulsory mediation Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And we hope that mediation we see in this landscape as uh, quite key in settling disputes mm. in a non-litigious way la, yeah. and in a timely manner as well. Right. So we hope that most cases when it goes to the Tripartite Alliance for Dispute Management, where's, where the mediation will take place, will be settled there. Mm. And really the claims that go up further to the Employment Claims Tribunal will be a minority la, and also right. only at a, as, as a last resort. Right. Yeah. So which begs the question, like, what will change mm. next year? Yes. If you really need legislation, can you just have all these things in place, mediation, people to support companies, people to support employees. So 
think some of the things like the requirements for grievance handling, that's new. Mm. You are legally required to have it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the other thing that uh, changes is the range of penalties that we can impose on employers or mm-hmm. individuals who have caused these breaches. Lah. Right. Today, when someone employer has breached the uh, tripartite guidelines, the only enforcement lever is I curtail your work pass privileges. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's quite blunt. And also some employers may not have foreign workers. Yep. Some may not have. Not all have. That seems like a very blunt enforcement tool. Mm. Uh, Under the legislation, I think there'll be a more calibrated approach as to what kind of uh, levers can be imposed. So for example, if it's a minor breach, then maybe it's a corrective order. Meaning that, hey, correct your policy, right? I will work with you to... (laughs) Yeah, it's called rehabilitation (laughs) workshops where they go and learn a bit more about what uh, their obligations yeah. and then if it gets more serious and the higher the severity then more admin penalties civil penalties may be imposed mm-hmm. so it's a wider range of things that can be imposed on employers right, so that changes right. mm. yeah so it's a bit of both mm. it's a bit of taking to task people who did not want to change or yes. were resistant to change yes. so now there's no way out of this <laughs> in a way yeah. the other thing is also a protection against retaliation Mm. Uh, one of the feedback that we have heard sometimes employees not wanting to come forward because they feel like after they report they might get victimized they get harassed or subject to other disamenities when they come forward to report so the TRICOM has also recommended that uh, employers are not allowed to retaliate Mm. against individuals who report workplace discrimination or harassment. ah. So that gives a bit more assurance Mm. to those who may not come forward to report now that there is that kind of protection as well. And what would be some form of common retaliation that employees can observe? We, We haven't seen that many, but I think in the legislation, I think there are plans to articulate that more clearly. So it could be harassment, mm. it could be withdrawal of contractual benefits, it could be just victimization, so just unjust treatment. My personal view is that I think people generally are very careful about making complaints of this nature. Mm. I'm not sure if that changes with young people. I think for younger people, probably because of how vocal they are with so many things, especially when yeah. things related to calling out someone. Yeah. I think they have a propensity to do so. In fact, I do think that they may go out calling it out on every platform. Yeah. Uh, Except at the the legal channel. Except the right one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So those challenges will show up, right? Yes. I think those are challenges that we see today as well, right? There'll be cases that are called out in social media and then we wake up in the morning, oh no, there's something on social media that has to do with workplace discrimination. Tafel is here to help and every case and every report is treated very seriously. We look through every report. Mm -hmm. By coming forward, I think it helps in a few ways. One is, of course, you get your individual redress for the issue that you you faced, right? Right. The unfairness. Mm -hmm. Uh, But second also, because Tafab then works with the employer to improve practices, get their policies in shape, Mm. make sure they are hiring managers, line managers are trained, right? Yeah. It bodes for fairer and better workplace culture as well yeah. that is more sustainable and long-term la, yeah. rather than just very reactive to one issue. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's to build good practices. As someone who has been involved in this for quite some time, what are some of the basic guiding principles that you believe everyone should abide by on the employer side as well mm-hmm. as on the employee side? Yeah. Mm. I think legislation is not a panacea. It won't solve the problems of the world. Mm. It may not stamp out all workplace discrimination. Of course. And I think 
everyone has a part to play. Of course, at the hiring manager and the HR manager, top management, they set the tone for what it means to be a fair, respectful workplace with a mm. respectful workplace culture. So putting in place the processes, come to Tafab and learn more, right? Yeah. About what these processes yeah. are. Come to our workshops, that's one. <laughs> Colleagues, right? Sometimes mm. discrimination or the feeling that they are they are being left out on that unfairness and unjust is something that is at the colleagues level. So at the colleagues mm. level also, it's about being respectful and inclusive. Then at the employee side, make use of the channels that are going to be available and that will be required under legislation, yeah. right? The grievance handling and all that. Sometimes by talking it through, through open communication, clarification, things get resolved, doesn't yeah. need to escalate so much. Yeah. But yeah. if you do find issues, then please, of course, come to Tafab. Yep. I think Tafab remains that place where employees can get advice and assistance. It may not be that we immediately take action, sure. but we can give options. Yeah. Mm. We can say, hey, have you tried the grievance handling? Then they say, mm, maybe not comfortable. Right. Then we can give options as to what could be the next steps. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, we can take the, the case forward. Yeah. 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 So I think everyone has a part to play. Yeah. yeah. From an employee perspective, at the very least, I think we need to be informed, mm. first of all. Yes. Right. Go and read and... Find out a bit more lah. I guess it's human nature to not find out about things until you need until to Until they happen, yes. right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I think this discrimination thing has really come a long way mm. since we have seen the first of it many decades ago. A lot of uh, progress. And I'm reminded of marriage counselling actually because sometimes in certain instances, <laughs> you do require a third party to step in to mm. try to improve it because sometimes the couple mm. just cannot do it on their own. But having said that, I think to what was discussed earlier on, sometimes all it needs is just a bit more communication to talk things out. And perhaps if you do require someone to come in to help you, that's great. But in most instances, perhaps by talking it out, you will be able to resolve some of the matters there. And on the employer side, really reflect on the kind of talent pool that we have right now. Our production rate of new babies not so high if you continue <laughs> to discriminate against this against that you're not going to have a lot of people workforce, to, uh? yeah, yeah unless you use chat GPT for everything yeah. until then I think you just have to be mindful that ultimately as long as work is being done you're making money that probably should be all that matters yeah, I just feel that in the workplace setting, discrimination is a very big word and by no means very easy to handle, right? Speaking from my own perspective, I'm a minority, I'm a woman. Yes. I'm also a young senior now. <laughs> yeah, so senior sad, so now. sad. What letter have you gotten? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I tick so many of the boxes, right? Doesn't mean that my experience was different. That's the case with everybody. So yes. when I came into the employment scenario, it was very different from now. Mm. The challenges for other people might be very different. We, we had a guest before who said that if something bothers you, yes. do something about it, right? So it sounds like common sense advice. Mm. Seek better. But... To me, in reality, sometimes seeking better is not so simple, right? You can't just quit the job. Yes. You have family to take yep. care of. It's your livelihood. It's yeah. your livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about, you know, the fact that it's going to be legislation is that now there is effort and there is interest in protecting people who feel that they might have been treated poorly. And I think we're all the better for it. 
that's my takeaway from talking to Faith. Thank you very much. If you have a story to share, please feel free to leave a comment on this episode on Spotify or Apple. Or you can email us at cnapodcast with an S at mediacorp.com.sg. Thanks to Faith for Thank being you. our guest and to the CNA Podcast team. Till we chat again next week, have a productive work week. Thank you.